एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं प्रॉब्लम maybe 10% of mba aspirants in any given year actually land up in good quality institutes where the education is worth what they are spending on the other hand there is a problem of relevance an mba education is does not exactly make you ready to hit the ground running a lot of stuff which you learn even in a top tier mba institute is quite academic and not something which will help you in your day to day job and this is the market opportunity that craftshala is chasing craftshala is a startup operating in the space of marketing education they prepare kids to build careers in the space of marketing and they are disrupting this market in two ways on the one hand their courses are extremely industry oriented hands on and which makes the student ready to hit the ground running and on the other hand their success is aligned with the student success because they only get paid once the student gets a job and their payout is based on the salary which the student gets so here's varun satya the founder of this extremely innovative company called craftshala talking about how his journey began i used to think that the reason you should do an mba is to learn business in reality i found out that mba doesn't teach you much about business uh, there are a few things that you pick up which are useful for short but it's more about training you to work in large organization that's the purpose of an mba right you you go to an mba large organizations become interested in you and they train you to sort of succeed in those organizations you learn to work with people basically you learn to work with people and you i mean Meet deadlines but only in the large company context you know i'll give you an example of it like for uh, the thing is that one of the first things i learned at fms was no matter what happens uh, you ne- if you are supposed to present at 9 am in the morning you better get your deck ready you better make sure that deck looks decent it should sound smart even if it is completely full of shit that was what i learned in business school day in and day out from the first week right yeah 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 absolutely hmm. in in my life if i do that that only works in the corporate environment if i bring that to a startup environment for example i am doing a lot of a big disservice because if it is full of shit it better come out as full of shit and there's nothing wrong in that you know like most of you know i often tell my team that you know only you know four out of five ideas i give them are terrible and it's their job to figure out which is the you know which is the actually useful idea amongst all the terrible ones that i'm giving it but, but the reality is that you know like a lot of things you say are full of uh, you know they're not not accurate versions and and but they're they're a process you start some place and then you get better at but some but if you dress it up too nicely then people don't realize and they have to spend time and effort in decoding it and undressing a bad idea which which is which is not which is not a great thing to 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 sort of do so it does teach you how to succeed in from a large organization context 
and uh, and and that really works well for a large number of people but it but also other people who have to go ahead and work in smaller companies they have to sort of you know unlearn some of these things if you're not ready then you're not ready of course it would have been much better if you were ready but you just sometimes have to go to a meeting and say whatever i have doesn't seem to make any sense right and then start from there If you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like spotify gana apple podcasts and subscribe to the show nice okay so from fms where did you go like you got placed through campus yeah so i got a place i got placed uh, at nestle uh, and um, and then i went to work there in sales and marketing and started uh, in the marketing team at kitkat spent a few months there then so wh- why did you choose sales as a or marketing as a specialization like yeah, like i yeah, typically so the- engineers tend to not go into marketing but they had to go into finance or operations or it yeah so um basically I, i it was a method of uh, elimination so um um finance didn't interest me uh, because money without context didn't interest me you know money as an as something to do with that money is helpful but money as a as a business never interested me uh, it was not something that uh, was interesting at that point um consulting was interesting partially but i think marketing was a little more interesting because a little more people forward so so i enjoyed that aspect of it and to do marketing from an mba i mean most mba guys get placed in in sales and then they go into marketing so so that was the path there so it was a little bit of a deduction piece that this one may seems to make the most sense because it's much more people i might have considered actually hr i I'm, i'm glad i didn't but because that would have been also people forward but at that point in my campus not enough people were interested in hr so they didn't offer an hr specialization so you so that was that was it hmm. so what was the next list in like So uh uh so so I worked largely in marketing I just did a few months of sales um worked on Kitkat worked on uh, Maggie sauces uh, and then went ahead and worked at Maggie noodles so like uh, a brand manager like a brand manager exactly and uh, what exactly does a brand manager do in a large corporate like help me understand the role of a brand manager great so in a in a in a company like uh Nestle which is uh, a fast mover consumer goods FMCG company uh, uh the uh, the role of the brand manager is is essentially the role of a business manager in that you're responsible for the entire business in addition to that you are solely res- responsible for marketing whereas other parts of business you coordinate with other stakeholders the reason that ma- the marketing team is, is at the center of it is because product differentiation is not high in fmcg so if you look at a packet of biscuits it's not hard to manufacture anyone else can also manufacture it the the hard part is actually getting people to prefer yours over other people especially if you can get them to pay a little bit more for your product so that's really where the magic is that happens in marketing as a job of marketing and because brand matters so much therefore then everything else gets determined by brand so which products to launch in what pricing to hit you know like uh, what and, and so on and so forth so you sit there and you coordinate with sales you coordinate with supply chain and r&d and so on and so forth and you also set the stra- strategy of the business so uh, you know every every august september we would present to our ceo 
what it is that you wanted to do for the business in the coming year uh, and and sometimes for the next few years as well so that's the role of the brand team and and obviously marketing is is a subset of that so you'd work on, on that not so much on the creative aspects of marketing so as a brand manager for maggie nobles i did not uh, create ads i did not go to amitabh bachchan i i sat there and i thought about what is going to push the needle in terms of people consuming more maggie noodles uh, and and then i would work with the relevant partners to who would then come up with creative ideas saying if we tell this kind of a story then it might make sense and so on and so forth so essentially as a brand manager you are responsible for decisions around where to spend the marketing budget uh, what uh, what should be the product pipeline like in the coming years what new variants to launch what should be the packaging like what should be the pricing like stuff like that basically absolutely. like essentially it's about optimizing these decisions absolutely that's the right way mm-hmm. got it okay mm-hmm. and uh, like you know it, it sounds like a lot of fun i mean managing maggie as a brand must have been a good uh, sense of achievement Uh, yes uh, it was it was also was true that i was the junior most member in the team uh, so so I, in fact you know maggie sauces was you know at that point maggie sauces used to be the largest uh, sauce brand in india uh, but uh, but not a lot of people paid attention to it even within nestle right because there was maggie noodles next door so so you could do a lot more things and you know i could get away with a lot more things without anyone really noticing uh, and and <laughs> like what give me some examples of stuff you you know like i mean for for example uh, you know you wanted to so so sauces was a very uh, uh, trade driven product what that means essentially is uh, there isn't a high preference that the consumer has between multiple brands so our, our biggest competitor was kisan and uh, people were okay you buy kisan you buy maggi it's fine you know like uh, hot and sweet was a sub variant which had a lot of loyalty but outside of that right so in that sense you know like a lot of it came down to trade uh, and uh, you never have enough money to spend in trade you always have competitors were spending a lot more right but but we could do a lot of things in strategic areas you go to one account or you go to one geography you sit them down you know like like for example dmart you know like dmart was a incredible business uh, still is an incredible business they it's just amazing how they succeed you go to that office you would not think that they're going to succeed it looks like a sarkari office and you know like the people who work there seem to have very traditional ideas and so on and so forth but foundationally they understand how retail is supposed to happen it's it's one of the you know best things I learned about it that about business that you know what looks from the outside as fancy business is is generally not a good description of what is going to work in right so you would work with with people and you would try out these little ideas you know like all right let's let's give you a little bit more here but is there a way that you could get us you know a little more uh, you know a little more visibility a little bit more over our competitor and so on and so forth and you know you had these interesting insights that for example one of the great insights that we had is that when you when a someone goes to a store uh, 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 typically they assume that the best uh, the, the 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 promotional offer that is best displayed is usually the best offer right that you just assume that so you didn't really have to give the best offer you just had to make it the most visible offer right so therefore if you spend your money creatively you can you can get that thing right and then you sometimes incentivize their own uh, uh, you know their own sort of merchandises to do really well with us and so on and so forth so it was in, it was in the gray area that uh, a little bit and i i had a lot of fun with it because 
you know these were the kinds of things that were not easy to sort of uh, uh, decode and easy to execute and we had very limited monies you know i couldn't uh, i couldn't sort of advertise on tv at that point for a large period of time so so this was it so so maintaining market share at that point was an absolute win because our closest competitor was spending 10 times uh, on on tv we were so so we were like okay this year make sure we don't lose share so it was literally you know like that battle state by state okay we're going to we're going to lose one state but can we protect gujarat and maharashtra you know can we go and do something around ramzan that would be interesting can we you know hit durga puja in a special way so it would it was it was like a you know it was a, it was a battle within a battle and 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 even within nestle the sales team won't put a lot of effort uh, uh, in traditionally but we had these set of things that were happening in which would get them in their view so so sales team would would, would really spend their time with wholesalers and so on and so forth to make sure that our products so so we sort of changed the the, the direction of the business a little bit nestle is great at consumer driven businesses you know maggi kitkat large nescafe large brands everyone knows them maggi sauces uh, you know hot and sweet but you don't know the classical tomato ketchup all that much so it wasn't a business that traditionally we were very good at succeeding at so it was almost as if you were sort of laying down a playbook differently and a lot of that work was to be honest done by my uh, manager and the guy who worked previously in me so when i got that business and they had already set it on that path and my job was to make sure that i learn that playbook and apply it in an interesting fashion and that playbook worked like a charm for it was a short term playbook because we knew that at some point if you don't invest behind brand it's going to you know it's it's going to tank at some point but you had to do it at that point because that was not the year to 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 invest for us so that was fun you, i go to maggi noodles you know suddenly the budgets become like 100x of what they were <laughs> but the problems are 1000x so 100x doesn't really cut it you know now you can't do these things because eventually you know you need to find a way to get people to consume more maggi noodles uh, you know and and the different challenges in different areas there was a competitor coming up uh, who was who was also doing quite well so the itc one the itc up noodles was doing well so in that sense you know like uh, Uh, and and you were the junior most person in the team which which means that you know the ceo's number delivery depending on your one sku you know like 25% of the business is that so so you go and say i want to do x they are not going to buy that very easily so it was very hard to sort of move things there uh, in that sense uh, as opposed to the other you know business which was easier to sort of uh, move the needle on so is that what uh, kind of made you want to move out like like what made you want to like move out i think that was definitely a big part of it i think that uh, when you work in a large company and work on their largest brand that's kind of the pinnacle and so it's supposed to be the best work there is except that i found that i found the work i was doing on on sources a little more interesting um and uh, and that sort of started triggering in thoughts that that there's something else i want to be doing in and um um uh, uh, and and you know i sort of you know like the entrepreneurship dream was always there so i wanted to to build a startup and all of that so it was just like at that there were a confluence of factors which were there i i discovered an idea that i thought was was uh, was good enough to be working on and uh, and i started working on it um and i think that the one thing which 
which sort of didn't exact, I, you know, it didn't exactly work in my favor was that I had gone a little more confident in my time at Nestle. Like four years, you know, delivering numbers, getting your, your stuff done. There was a little bit of complacency, which was there. So when I started my first company, it was a company in education. It was not Kraftshala. It was something else that I was building in. Uh, what, and, uh, what was the idea that you were working on? So I was building a smart marketplace for courses and it was, uh, it was, it was uh, I mean, simply put, it was another way for people to discover uh, great courses in the competitive exam space. So this is 2015, uh, this is pre-an academy and all of that. And, um, and these, uh, these were like online courses or offline courses? Online courses. And, um, uh, uh, and in fact, uh, there was a company called Imbibe that is still quite big. Uh, that was, was doing excellent work in that space working on. So it was sort of, it, it was in the similar space, you know, using data to help people figure out where they're weak at, then figure out what the best courses for them are, and then get them working on it. And the reason I picked up, you know, the competitive exam space was because it was the largest space in education. And that's what, you know, MBA teaches you, right? You go after the largest opportunity, assuming that everything else is, is, is equal, but everything else is not equal. That's the reality of it. When I started working on that, on that product, I had to interview consumers consumers were 11th class students and 12th class students. And, you know, I went back to my own time and the misery I had going through these IIT coaching classes and, you know, the, the product didn't resonate with me at all. It's just that, you know, like I didn't feel any joy working on that product at all. And so the, the first time the product sort of started, I relaunched a pilot, the first time sort of struggling in, I was doing that business alone. I was quite happy to, to shut it down. I mean, happy is perhaps an exaggeration, but I was quite relieved that I was shutting it down because it didn't, it didn't give me any joy working on it. And, and starting a company alone in particular, I think is quite stressful. And, uh, you know, so I, I went through, uh, you know, I went through a phase uh, where I just sort of sat at home and, didn't think about the future at all because I how thought old that, were you, know, you then this was uh, uh i must have been uh late 20s 28 29 something like that and um uh, uh, you know at that point netflix was not in india otherwise i would definitely visited uh netflix sort of Months. <laughs> but YouTube had immense things. You know, you could spend your day on YouTube for for weeks, apparently, even at that point. So, and, and you were staying with your parents. I staying with my parents. Uh, and, you know, so uh, they, they must have been like really like making you feel guilty sitting at home, having quit a job at Nestle, and yeah. So you know, every I think that everyone in life is blessed with certain things. I'm I'm blessed. My superpower is my parents. You know, like I'm blessed with an amazingly understanding set of parents the first time you know i came up with the idea that didn't work out i thought my father was going to say no and you know recommend that i stick with it and so on and so forth you know and i presented the idea to him and i had a million objections planned for for me to handle it and he was like ah oh, sounds like a good idea and it was so I was so awestruck. I was like, oh, I now I have to launch it. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that it would be here. I thought this was going to take weeks for me to sort of do it. But, but you know, like they were, they were fine with it. Like, I mean, they, uh, they knew that, uh, that I'll figure my way around it. So, so they were fine with it. And I took some time in, but I think eventually I figured out that all the things I wanted to learn, all the things I wanted to do in, uh, 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 they would happen if I stayed on that path. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because that was around the time that, you know, one of my former managers came, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of met him and he said, you know, why don't you come back? The old role at Maggie is sort of available. 
and I asked him, oh, what happened to that really smart girl who had, uh, uh, you know, who had, uh, who had taken over from me? And he was like, oh, she's, uh, she's uh, quit to start her own company. Uh, so, uh, so, so the role is available. And, uh, uh, and, and so, so that temptation was there, but, but I thought that let me, you know, let me just keep going on the path that I'm in. There's a lot that I've, I've yet to learn and I probably won't learn it back in a large corporate career. Of course, I went to FMS. So I think that's another big advantage is that I didn't, I didn't really pay for my MBA, right? I mean, most people have to spend 20, 30 lakh rupees to do it. I got very lucky in that uh, I didn't have to spend that money. So in that sense, I lost money in the first venture, but it wasn't the kind, uh, you know, that that would sort of push me off. And I I was smart enough to not invest in 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 in, uh, in property, even though there's a lot of good advice that I was getting from my family. No, you, know, you should be buying this this particular plot and so on and so forth. But you know, so so that sort of uh, uh, that sort of allowed me to sort of have a little bit of uh, money left in the bank to start another company. A little bit of enthusiasm left as well. But one of the great things. I, I sort of figured in is that uh, 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 that when you're starting a company initially, and you're starting any project initially, there are going to be days, multiple days, where it doesn't seem to have any way that it's going to work in. And at that moment of time, there are some people who are blessed with incredible confidence that they can just shrug it off and say, no, it will work out. Most people actually struggle to see that, that piece. And and then you need something to keep you going. Sometimes it's a co-founder or a friend or something like that, which who, who's seeing the light that you can't at that moment of time. Uh, in my case, I think it was the fact that what I was doing, I think I enjoyed it. So when, you know, uh, I started Kravshala, I was teaching students, unlike the first venture where I was just sort of doing the online piece. And there would be days when I would be teaching. Yeah, how, how, how did that idea, so you were sitting at home doing nothing, watching YouTubes. How did that lead to Kravshala? Yes. Yeah, so um, one of the uh, one of the things that you uh, that that people who don't do an MBA re- they don't realize is that uh, uh, that the uh, that the education that you get even in the best institutes institutes in India, with some exceptions, is pretty average. It's, it's one would say it's suboptimal, right? And that's not to say that the students aren't smart. The students are really smart, and you know, like some of the faculty members are inspirational and so on and so forth. But if I look at it as a general, uh, you know, as a, as an average of it, the learning isn't great, uh, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the best professors are actually quite old because they got into the system a lot early. So in that sense, like me, most people learn their craft at work. They don't really learn their craft sitting in in, in an in an MBA campus and so on and so forth. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, it's not as if, you know, globally all MB institutions are of that kind. It's just an Indian phenomena where people who are teaching are, are, are those who generally don't have any great real world experience. And those who do have great real world experience themselves are not center of the institution. They are at the periphery. Uh, so in that sense, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a culture that just perpetuates people from the outside don't notice it because the placement uh, salaries keep rising up you know right now all the mp institutes have released summer placement salaries of uh, two lakhs and three lakhs and so on and so forth it seems as if everything is fine why would anyone pay summer internship uh, stipends of two lakh rupees unless you know something great has been taught in there but it's not really that right i mean it's just that companies don't have a lot of choice they need to hire smart people you get smart people in there they have to compete amongst each 
each other doesn't mean that what those students are being taught is in any way you know magical or or something that sort of justifies that kind of thing so in that sense uh, i started craftshala as a largely as a project uh, and as a way for people to learn real world marketing and sales so that a they'd be better prepared once they join the organization b they would know what real world marketing and sales is right i mean most people don't know what a brand manager does in a very meaningful way and uh, and and if you're starting if you're if you're choosing a career in marketing or sales then you should know what 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 it is and should be able to have a reasonable shot at cracking some of the best companies and this was for for like college kids or like working so I, professionals or yeah so i started for uh, the, the programs of business school students um uh, uh, so 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 you know like the first program that we launched in uh, uh, was for 12 campuses only uh, there was the six iams and isb fms spj and mdi ifp etc so we we started it in an in a space that we that we understood where we knew that what students are really looking for um i knew a little bit of marketing at that point uh and uh and uh, ishu knew some of it uh, ishu was my co-founder is my co-founder so so both of us together had some marketing knowledge but absolutely no experience in training so what we thought was let's not pick too many difficult problems in at the start let's just know what we let's just teach what we know and learn how to teach in the first in the first degree so we started a program in brand building um, and we built it on a very simple idea that people are not going to learn marketing by listening to me or anyone else they're going to learn marketing by doing marketing and ideally doing it under the guidance of practitioners so so what, the way we designed that program was that there will be a project the project would be at the heart of it right so instead of like let's say you want to teach someone podcasting you can you can run a course for them or you can say here's your Build first your podcast. podcast yeah and now once you're building it let me teach you a few things so so that learning process is much faster and and the practitioner really brings in a lot more value so that's the con- the construct that we 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 created it on and uh, yeah i mean the the first course it was basically me and some friends and friends of friends who were sort of teaching marketing a lot of people you know did incredible incredibly generous things for us to be able to uh, you know build uh, build that this was uh, like a part of the curriculum like you convinced the college that let me run this course on campus or was it like a off campus thing like so we uh, we partnered with companies uh, 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 and specifically you know nestle was one company which i had already worked in and and they were the first partners and and companies like that and and what we said was uh, that it would help you if, uh, to to sort of build your brand uh, with these uh, with these students in so so for you it will be a brand building exercise and we would also be able because we're training these students we'll be able to assess these students which means that we'll be able to give you good insights on which candidates you really should be looking at so in that sense we we partnered with the companies and then we offered it straight to the students so we we didn't sort of collab with the universities that's usually how educational companies die right because they wait for institutions to respond and that will not that won't really happen in and that also got us a lot of credibility because craftshala was unknown but the companies that we partnered with were quite known so that but allowed uh, how, uh, like these campuses which you're talking about are all in different cities no so h- how did you run it like yeah so uh, we 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 uh, the the course was online but we had to visit the campus to to launch them so a typical launch cycle for me in those 12 campuses was 
uh, I mean, I'll, I'll describe it. I mean, in, we started shooting for the program. This was the, the first program was recorded videos largely. We didn't do a lot of live sessions. So we started recording in, in November and early December. Um, uh, and then uh, that finished up by Jan. January, I started sort of visiting the campuses in. We hadn't edited the course. So January, we started visiting the campuses in. Nishu used to manage the launches from, from here. Uh, and um, uh, and then by like, Baba, essentially but, you would give a talk on a campus and tell them why they yeah, should do that course. Yeah, because I think what, what happens is that uh, the first time we launched it, uh, uh, students didn't realize why they should be sort of participating in the program, right? You're already sitting in, in FMS, you're in I'm Ahmedabad. Yeah, yeah, you're learning marketing as part of your course. course so, so what exactly value add can you bring in that we're not getting in here? And we didn't want to tell them that. So we thought we're just going to show it to you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to do a, a free workshop for you sitting in your campus. And I'm going to teach you things that, that, that are interesting. And if you want to learn more of that, that's when you go ahead and apply to the program. But the other thing we did was we restricted the number of people. So we didn't say that we're going to pick in like 50. We said we're going to pick in five. That's it. So from these 10, 12 campuses, we're picking 54 students and that's about it. So, uh, so, so that's how we, we, we sort of launched it. Um, and, uh, we had a, we had a terrible time editing the program and all. I mean, you know, recording is nothing. I, I true, thought that, true. You know, yeah. editing will take in a week. It took us like eight weeks. Like literally every time people were finishing up their modules, we were not done with our editing. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was just a mess, but, uh, we survived it. But why, why didn't you do live classes? Why did you choose video, like recorded I, video? Yeah, I think that uh, in business schools, uh, because the calendars are so tight, it's impossible uh, to okay. run a live session mm -hmm. for 12 campuses. True, true, true. true, true. Can't do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the programs you run in today, largely live, a few recorded sessions. But at that point, you know, like for that audience, it was uh, it was a different makes sense okay and how much was it priced at so first time we launched it the program was uh, about uh, eight and a half thousand rupees uh, so so the first course was uh, ironically our cheapest course uh, uh, ever i think uh, it, it was eight and a half thousand rupees uh, and then we but eight and a half thousand is pretty good for a uh, like a recorded course yeah, because it also had projects, it had interviews, it had a little bit of coaching and so on and so forth. And what we were teaching, you wouldn't be able to find it uh, elsewhere. Uh, you know, most marketing cases were um, uh, are global in nature. So if someone would ask you, how did, how did, uh, you know, how did Maruti become a brand in India? You would find cases of 80s and 90s. You would not find something that was happening in 2015, for example. So in that sense uh, what we were building was was fresh off the of the shelf and uh, and uh, uh, and and people had a shot at getting hired in good companies so what would happen is that people who did well in these courses we would we would capture them we would uh, uh, we would share their names with with all of our collaborating companies and and so that would mean that uh, some of them could could get a direct offer uh, f on the back of the program and, and so on and so forth so eventually, you know, like the, the pricing of the program got corrected pretty quickly. So today, for example, that program that we launched in for eight and a half thousand rupees is 21,000 rupees, that uh, program. But it's still quite cheap compared to every other program that we, that we run in. Mm.
So uh, how did uh, this scale up then beyond? So you did one program and you earned maybe a lakh and a half or so from it. Uh, you know, what, what, what did you decide to do next then? Yeah, so uh, the the way we looked at the business at that point was that we will start building programs of business schools. We'll expand it to more business schools. Then we'll we'll go to working professionals and we'll build relevant programs there. And then we'll we'll take it from there. So that was the strat. And um, uh, and for you know, like if I if I remove the obvious ups and downs that happen in largely that strat seemed to work well for a little bit of time. So when we went to 50 campuses, the, the, the programs worked well, the numbers worked well, and, and so on. What all uh, uh, did you launch next? Like what were the, the beyond programs? marketing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we focused on marketing and sales only. So we launched a program in uh, digital, then we launched a program in sales, and we just sort of stayed in that, in, in that territory. Um, uh, did people buy sales training? Because I mean, you know, NIS is a case study of the fact that nobody wants to pay for sales training. <laughs> yeah, so we've uh, uh, we were able to we were able to sell that sales course. We have never launched a sales course after that. That's the reality of it because most people don't consider investing in 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 getting into a great uh, sales program. The, the way they think about it is. You know, like that sales is something to get out of. Very few people actually want to build a career in sales, and which is quite ironic because in reality, uh, you know, uh, while sales is hard, it's actually not. Uh, it, it's the kind of career that actually works for for a large number of people because it it pays well, it gives you a lot of freedom, and so on and so forth. The teachers. Yeah, it's it's people. it's fairly recession proof. It's fairly recession-proof, right? So, I mean, in Google, for example, the people who are paid the most are the techies and the sales guys. You know, it's not the marketing guys uh, who are paid any money because it's it's a valuable skill. But and it's also like something you know um, which forces you to be um, because it's hard. It forces you to dig deep within. And when you dig deep within, it's not as if you're just improving your professional career. You're also improving your personal career. So one of the things you learn in sales is conflict management. And the best way to solve a conflict is to never get into one. Now, if you learn conflict management, you're going to apply it to your personal life, right? You, you're with your spouse or your partner. You will see when things are going to go off. You're not going to wait for a bad day. You're going to intervene right then, right? So actually, in reality, sales is a fantastic career to pursue for many people. Not for everyone, of course, but for many people, it's an amazing career. But very few, like you said, very few people want to offer it. But the other piece is that in MBA, a lot of people are also realistic, thankfully. So they know that the career that they were going to have after MBA is going to be sales and not marketing. So, 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 so that realism also seeps in. And so, so that audience was, was there for a sales course. And like, so this is what about 2015, you must have done your first course. No, 17. So, uh, 17, 15, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, 15 and early 16 was the first venture, didn't work out. 16, uh, you know, like uh, I spent it in sort of discovery. So, 16, I was doing a project. I was uh, uh, I was doing the Krafshala sort of sessions, not as a business, but just as, uh, you know, as, as going to different campuses. Visiting faculty. That's that's a that's a that's a reasonable way to put it. Uh, although you know, like uh, there would be little workshops, right? Because I was also part of the placement team at FMS when I was a student, so there was a lot of insights that I could share from that point of view as well. So uh, more like a visiting uh, senior <laughs> than a faculty member. Like my insights, I think, were a little more uh, in that space than uh, than than a typical faculty member. But uh, 
but Ishu and I started building the program towards the end of sixteen, and we launched. And it how did you meet Ishu? Uh, so I uh, I uh, met him through a common friend. I was uh, I, I sort of reached out uh, with the Klafchala idea to a few people, and and I was asking them who's interested in marketing. You know, would like to sort of uh, do this. And uh, one of our common friends from Nestle had sort of connected in. So Ishu was four years my junior from FMS. Uh, so um, uh, and he had. Uh, he had worked at Unilever and uh, for a year, and uh, uh, he, at that point, he was looking for something interesting uh, to sort of figure in as well. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, okay. So, uh, like, tell me the like the growth trajectory from seventeen onwards. Like, uh, you know, so you went from these tier one eight campuses to fifty campuses. You launched two other courses, uh, and what kind of uh, admissions were you doing, or you know, what kind of revenue were you making, and how did that move from seventeen to eighteen, eighteen to nineteen? Yeah, so uh, so I think, like I said, the strat worked like a charm uh, in in the first uh, in the first till the first fifty campuses. So in the year eighteen to nineteen, uh, we had we'd done about. 1.3 crore revenue, uh, and uh, this was uh, largely through uh, through these courses that I had mentioned in, where we were rejecting a lot of applications. We were only available in 50 campuses, and so on and so forth. And uh, the goal for uh, 1920 was to expand it to more campuses, maybe pick in more students, launch a working professional program, and so on and so forth. Uh, and and to, to enable us to do that, we also raised a small amount of money um, uh, from from uh, from a couple of angels to to help sort of facilitate that that piece. Uh, that uh, inflection point is where things started to go wrong for us because. One of like the after things, you raised the funds, after immediately after, right? Uh, and the thing was that um, while I didn't sort of realize it at that point, I think the pressure to grow quickly uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that 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 was there. That was that should be there, by the way. You know, speed is an essential component of business. But the way it sort of got constructed was let's do multiple things. And let's try and get those projects going in, so that even if one project fails in, the other would take off, and it would give you that, uh, you know, it would give you that cushion, and and so therefore things would sort of work out. Uh, but when you have money to burn, you don't look at it things the way that you should. When we were building it for the first time, if I didn't get it right, I would be out of business in no time, right? So, so in that sense, you would agonize over a lot of things and so on and so forth. Here, in the attempt to go to speed, there wasn't enough. You know, there wasn't enough scrutiny over some of the areas. So we started doing multiple things in order to grow beyond these campuses and, you know, get in more students, launch in more programs and so on and so forth. And that strategy started to uh, falter pretty quickly. So what the products that we were building in, they were not working out when we went in and... and like you were not getting enrollments? We were So, so we were not getting enrollments. Uh, we were... Uh, where we were getting enrollments, we were not getting as nearly enough. Uh, we, we, we sort of built a consumer product to... Be, beyond uh, beyond online program we, we had this uh, we had this app where we could you know people could go in and sort of learn marketing on the go and so on and so forth which is a free thing and it was meant to sort of encourage more people to sort of come in that wasn't taking off well um, and we, when we were going to more campuses we weren't being able to uh, we weren't being able to uh, to to go the same way because what happens in india is that there are 50 60 campuses where where there is something that happens in an MBA school. Beyond that, uh, it's 
it's a it's a it's a dire situation uh, you know there are 5000 business schools in this country and out of those 50 or 60 business schools the rest are good enough to help you from an arranged marriage prospect not so much from a career prospect you know like there's something else that happens in those campuses that has very little to do with helping your career so in that sense our programs were not that in depth right we could teach you something in you know uh, in an online program but we couldn't we couldn't replace the mba right we were a short like you could program. polish up somebody who's already good but you couldn't yeah. uh, help somebody who's basically at a- yeah yeah foundationally you know like i can't we weren't teaching excel we weren't teaching basic communication and so on and so forth and and we weren't we weren't bringing companies to campuses so if the right companies are not coming in the students are not motivated they don't have seniors to help them and so on and so forth so it was a different environment out there and we saw that our programs had basically no relevance there so we didn't stop at 50 60 we were forced to stop at 50 or 60 because there was really no you know there was nothing for us to really go there and uh, uh, by the end of 2019 uh, you know uh, we had to sort of take a hard look at where we were at and uh, you know and and we essentially went back to the core and we said look i know we want to grow at speed but the way to grow at speed is not by doing these multiple things that we were doing in uh, the way to grow at speed is to to have one hypothesis and make sure that hypothesis is right and then you execute very very quickly on that hypothesis so our hypothesis was that at that point you know end of 2019 was that uh, the the business school program business that we built in this was it we were not going to grow beyond a point now we could do 20% every year but that's still a very small business imagine a 1 crore business doing 20% every year is nothing right so we're trying to hit a 100 crore revenue it's not going to happen uh, with that so we needed to build it build a program for uh, for the other audiences which we were which we had in mind at the start we needed to accelerate that that process in so at that point we launched the working professional programs but we also started building something called the marketing launchpad which is today called the marketing launchpad and uh, uh, and the marketing launchpad essentially was this program which would solve for the issues that we saw in these campuses beyond the 60 campuses where we said okay you want, we need you to train foundationally we'll train you foundationally but f- for us to do that you need to train full time with us we couldn't train you you know 8 hours a week we, we had to spend you know like 50 hours a week with you uh, which is basically you know every day 10 am to 8 pm and we will we will teach you everything that you need to do in order to build your marketing career uh, and and that is the program that we started building towards uh, towards the end of 2019 so um, this would be like a uh online certification with a placement at the end of it like a alternative to doing an mba yeah so it started as an it started it is absolutely that but it's not necessarily an alternate to mba so for example some of our students from the marketing launchpad could and probably will do an mba later on as well but it's certainly an a much better alternative to to the mbas that is offered by a tier 2 or a tier 3 institute and and the reason for the and and the reason for that is it's it's just built for jobs of today right because what happens is that uh, 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 the, the, the the you know it's 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 a misconception that there aren't enough great roles in in the country even during the pandemic beyond that lockdown period of let's say four four months after that there've been tremendous number of mark- marketing jobs that have been there it's just that those jobs require you to understand 
uh, ad platforms require you to understand SEO, requires you to understand content and, and so on and so forth. Now, with that, you need to also know things like how to communicate your idea well, how to work well on Excel, how to decode a problem, you know, uh, you know, just to give you an example there, there would be times when you would be looking at your numbers, viewership numbers and thinking, oh, these viewership numbers aren't growing, you know. Is that a problem? Well, that's a symptom. The numbers aren't growing is a symptom. What's the problem there? Is it that I don't have the right guests? Are they not talking about the right things? Are we not going and marketing it in the right way? And so on and so forth. So just that ability to decode what the situation is, look at a hypothesis, test it out, and then go about it. That's not something that even was being taught in the best MBA institutes. Forget you know the the, the anyone uh, else. So we said we wanted to build it. We wanted to rethink uh, a program from from that lens, which means that people have to invest their time full time with us. Now, the moment a student has to do that, they have to invest a lot more trust in us. And we knew that in order for them to invest their trust in us, there were only two things that would convince them. One is we go ahead and partner with an IM Ahmedabad and we say, all right, that's the way to do it. Well, that doesn't really, that wasn't going to work out, right? So in that sense, we went the other way and we said, what we will do is we will make sure that these people get placed. And, and obviously we can't guarantee jobs. So what we will do is we will at least guarantee that we won't charge you if you don't get placed. So we will place you, we will place you in a marketing role. We will place you in a marketing role above four and a half lakh rupees a year, hopefully a little bit more. And we will not charge you money until you this happens. So that gave people a lot of confidence that what they were going to learn in here is going to be um, is going to be relevant for them and that sort of triggered in a very good student pool in for us uh, and that allowed us to run our training program and then partner and, with and this was like classes. live classes this was not a recorded yeah so this was largely live classes we still do a few recorded lessons in but every day you know a typical day would would be something like students start in at 10 a.m they, they attend a few sessions then they work on problems uh, then they get coached by those practitioners that we were speaking about a little bit earlier then you know they they sort of uh, go in and learn certain human skills you know communication um, excel and so on. essentially like a campus experience uh, but online Campus experience, but online. Yeah, wow. absolutely. And and quite intense, you know, like uh, MBA is, is known for being intense. And that's one of the things I picked up from there that you want, you want to make sure that, that students get pushed in during this training period so that the work doesn't sort of, you know, get the worst out of them. It actually gets the best out of them. So, so, so 12 weeks of that, and then eight weeks of an internship. And if the students do well, they get confirmed in that same internship. Otherwise they get placed again. So that was the, that was the 20 week sort of program that, that we built in. Uh, we launched, we, we wanted to launch it in May, but obviously there was a pandemic in 2020. So we weren't sure of what would happen in, in terms of a jobs thing. So we waited it out. We launched it in November. Um, and uh, we started with a batch of 21 students and uh, all 21 students confirmed their internships into full-time job offers in the same organization, which is amazing because we thought, you know, maybe two, three, four students would be left, but, but it didn't really happen. And, and uh, from 21 students uh, in November 20, in May, we started a second batch. That was a batch of 31 students uh, of this year. Uh, and then from that point, we've been doing a batch every 10 weeks. So from May, we went into July. July was 55 students. From, from July, we went into September this year. That was our 110 students. 
uh, we're hoping to do 150 students next month. Uh, so it's it's from that point it's it sort of grown in quickly and obviously uh, because students pay after placement um, uh, for them it becomes a great piece because uh, you know it's 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 the fact that they will definitely get placed in. It's the fact that uh, it will be a function of they have to pay a function of their salary. So they for example you know. Soul Store came in in the third uh, in the third batch. They gave in offers of about six and a half, seven lakh rupees. But now you don't mind paying a little bit more because you've already sort of gotten that kind of uh, salary. Whereas if you just gotten four and a half lakh rupees, that would have been a different story. So, so the fees is not fixed. It's it's a percentage of salary. It's a it's a it's three months of your salary. So it's a percentage of your of your uh, salary and. Uh, uh, and 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 that, like I said, that ensures that everyone is trying to make sure that you you get the best jobs that that you could get. That's amazing. And what is your acceptance ratio? So we typically uh, select about one out of ten students uh, who uh, who sit for the screening test. Um, so um, so currently it's at one out of ten students. Um, it's it's go it's. Um, uh, like, like I mean, the applications for the last couple of batches have been quite high, and uh, and as the program becomes mainstream, I think that will happen. And so, so the ratios actually come down a little bit in the last two batches, but that's where we were averaged at. Okay. What is the screening test like? What, what do you check in there? So we look for um, uh, we look for basic aptitude from a from a mathematical point of view because a lot of jobs require that. We look at the aptitude from a marketing point of view, and there what we do is we 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 teach concepts to people through these recorded videos that we we sort of created, and and we ask them to apply it to a marketing problem to see how they sort of uh, look at it. We look at their uh, we look at their mission um, uh, that comes out through an SOP and through an interaction that they do with the admissions team. Uh, we look at their writing capability. Uh, and then we sort of extend an offer to them. So the, the one of the things that we learned uh, f uh, and that we did differently from a traditional test, like a CAT, for example, is that, uh, you know, that it's not a s straight score that, okay, if you have 95 percentile, then we look at everything else here. It's a little bit like if it doesn't matter if you have less percentile, are you a great writer? Okay. Now let's, let me teach you a little bit of marketing and see what you can make out of it because Right. I mean, and that's one of the big misconceptions in marketing in that there's only one kind of great marketer. I mean, people who are good at numbers can be great at marketing. People who are good at aesthetics can be great at marketing. People who are good with people can be great at marketing. So, you know, there's a lot of shades of, of being a good marketer. So we try and sort of bring that out in the screening test. It doesn't matter what you are excelling at. Some Whatever you're excelling at, if we find that, then we sort of, um, we sort of build upon that in the program. Mm, interesting. So this is your flagship program now, or, or is it still the the one that you're doing with those MBA colleges? No, this is this is the flagship program. We're we're sort of growing very quickly on this, so it'll already contribute more to our revenues than all other programs put together uh, this year. And uh, uh, there are some new programs that we're building of this kind uh, to come in uh, forward as well. So there is a program that. Uh, uh, that that we we hope to launch it pretty soon, which is focused on organic and uh, uh, organic marketing essentially. Because uh, right now this one is a little more paid media and SEO focused, uh, so not happening on that front. 
Okay, okay. So typically, the folks who finish these programs get hired as campaign managers or uh, search engine marketing managers. Those yeah, kind so, of roles. So growth roles are quite common. Um, uh, performance marketing roles, uh, campaign managers, SEO managers. Uh, a lot of them end up working with agencies as well. So, uh, you know, uh, just to give context to people who are listening in, when, for example, when Cred runs a campaign with Kapil Dev, uh, uh, you know, like uh, Cred is not the one which is working with YouTube, generally speaking. What they do is they contract an agency, let's say a Performix. Performix figures out, all right, they've created an ad. Where do I place it? Do I place it on YouTube? Do I place it on Koo? Do I place it on Twitter? And, you know, like how much money do I spend in and so on and so forth based on the data and the installs I'm getting at. So in that sense, the decisions that are being taken in are being taken in by people in the agency and obviously uh, strategically being sent by a thread. So a lot of uh, these guys who have and work at agencies um, uh, and end up working on very large brands. Like our students are working on brands like Microsoft and uh, you know, Canterbury and lots of other, lots of other well-known uh, places. Amazing. So, how much revenue are you expecting this to contribute this year? Like this program, the the marketing launchpad. Um, so, I mean, uh, the last batch that uh, we've enrolled is is uh, like I said, it's about 110 students. Um, for each student, uh, we would be making in about a lakh and thirty-five thousand rupees, uh, uh, and um, uh, and everyone gets placed. So we haven't yet had a scenario where a candidate will not get placed in. So from from that batch, we'd, we'd be doing about what, 1.4 crores upwards of that. Uh, and we do a batch every 10 weeks. So, so that's where we're at right now. Amazing. And uh, so uh, besides this, what are the other programs you have now outside of the campus one? So uh, outside of this, we run uh, our business school programs and we run a program for working professionals called brand management in the digital age. So those are the two, two programs that we run in. But, uh, uh, but that yeah. working professional program would not be as intense because they would not have the time. That would be more like a comparable to a, a course from Udemy or LinkedIn or something like that. Uh, so you're right in the sense that uh, it's not as intense. Uh, it's created for working professionals and, and these people have maybe eight to 10 hours to spend in a week in order to upskill. Uh, and so it's 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 with that mindset, but it still is based on foundational ideas of Kravshala, which is people will learn by doing. So what we've done there is we've, we've figured out interesting projects for people to work on and then they get coached on it and so on and so forth. So it's still 20 weeks, but it, it moves at a slower pace than let's say the marketing launchpad. And the ideas are also different. That's a little more strategic in nature. Uh, it's meant to teach you slightly different things than, than let's say the uh, the classical program uh, act so yeah okay okay got it and uh, what are the, those programs priced at the working professional program so working professional program is at 85,000 rupees uh, and um, uh, the business school program is between like I said it ranges between 20 to 25,000 essentially like a one line summary of Kravshala would be like say uh, like an upgrade but for marketing one-line summary would be uh, a program that helps people launch their careers in marketing and sales. I think that an upgrade uh, and great learning and all of these companies uh, are essentially um, uh, are essentially degree programs, and uh, you can use a degree for many things, including to get a job, but not necessarily to only to get a job. A lot of their things is about 
uh, about you know accelerating their career and so on and so forth. But they're more on the tech side, side, like product and tech and analytics. Exactly. Kind of. where, where, whereas what we do is we we stay focused on the marketing space uh, and uh, uh, and and we make sure that anyone who comes into the program. Uh, they are pretty much uh, are able to launch their career in marketing. So uh, whether you're sitting in a business school or whether you are, uh, uh, you know, whether you're uh, trying to get into marketing from some other place, you know, let's say you're in IT. So one of the things in the marketing launch that they've noticed is that half of people are engineers and half have come from from different backgrounds. Some come having done an MBA and then come in. Some have done a degree in chemistry, in uh, in arts, in um, uh, pharmacy and uh, hospitality. You know, obviously, hospitality was very badly hit during COVID. So, in that sense, some of our best students have actually come from from that space. And so, uh, it's a it's it's a very it's it, it's a rich representation of what people do in India, essentially. Uh, and 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 then then they start their career in marketing. And I think that's probably why the program has worked really well. It's because most people are in this loop. You know, you don't have experience, so you don't get a job. So you don't get experience, you don't get a job. This sort of breaks that loop, uh, uh, the marketing launch pad uh, for us. So, you know, one of the things which I would... Uh, I mean, you know, if I if this idea had come to me, I would probably not have gone ahead and done it the way you have done it because i would have thought that if people are not paying anything upfront will they really be serious so you know yes. w- w- how do you counter that like how do you make sure that without taking any money from them the students still take it seriously a- as if they had paid for it yeah so uh, we've uh, we've introduced a registration fee precisely for that we say that all right why don't you pay a little bit of money it's a 10000 rupees pay a registration fee make sure that that is there but that's also completely refundable so it's not as if if you don't get a job you have to pay it uh, people can opt out of the program as well so if it doesn't work for them just opt out no questions asked and so on and so forth so in that sense uh, i think that uh, i think that when it comes uh, i think most people underestimate just how serious people are about their careers you know you you look at the decisions people make and you think people are not serious but actually the reason they're making those decisions are because they usually have bad advice so what we have found is that people are desperately keen to to make their career in what 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 challenges them is the fact that their perceptions of online education at tech and education in general is very low they expect schools to rip them off they expect companies to take advantage of them to tell them anything in order to get uh, their money in there's just this culture that if the educational institute is not government run then it must be badly run unless it's you know like a global institute like harvard which is obviously global so in that sense uh, what happens is when we do this uh, it automatically encourages people who are who, who just want a great career and you know like they want to believe in something but it's just that their experiences haven't let them do it just allows them to not have this conversation and and worry about it knowing fully well that if it doesn't work out for them and you know they don't have to pay a dime so 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 that focus on on the self has been quite high you know people have had a lot of accountability because they always had that accountability it's just that it it, it was being sort of uh, you know, it was just sort of getting hidden behind bad advice, which is why bad decisions were being taken in. You know, it seems to me like probably the the next wave of edtech unicorns would be built around this structure of 
pay after placement because you know i think the current wave is built around sales like you know by uses like a sales machine you know in terms of their ability to sell but uh, with a course like this i i think it, that uh, investing a lot of money in sales is probably not what you need to do right i hope so you know like i mean our sales team uh, i mean we have grown like five times from last year to this year our sales team hasn't been added by a one person you know it's still the same number of people that that are sort of doing it and the thing is that you know our programs itself are improving so quickly because everyone in the team knows that the only way craftshala makes money is if the students are good so no one takes any decision that is not more you know it is easy for me to live up to my vision with all the people that are in there because everyone knows at the end of the day the student should know what it does to succeed if they don't know then it doesn't come in so admissions are well taken care of training is well taken care of you know a lot of times uh, uh, you know like placements are well taken care of one of the things that you know students sometimes ask us is will you place us in a customer support job or you know in, in any of these jobs which just pay okay but are not marketing roles but there's no incentive for us to do that right because people will not succeed there they'll not be able to afford any money so you know it's okay for for us to say that we'll charge you but if you would not want to do that job we're not going to make any money so i hope that this is i hope that this is a trend and and certainly i think it's a trend worth sort of uh, uh, accelerating because i think that uh this could solve for uh for the biggest issue in education in india which is incentives right i go back to 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 the campuses i've been part of the best professors were great but it wasn't as if they were rewarded as being great it, they didn't make more money they were not given more responsibilities you know it was the same campus politics that happens at any any institution globally not just in india so so what is the incentive for someone who's great at teaching to be still teaching whereas here you get the best people involved in teaching and they end up making more money and that's how it should be do you think this will become a billion dollar business if you are only focusing on sales and marketing and that too it's more of marketing than sales right yeah i think that we'll we'll probably have to expand to other uh, zones in order to build a billion dollar business that's a, that's a given and uh, it's something that will i'm sure uh, at the right time be a question that we'll have to address in i think more than building a billion dollar business though i think that the goal is to build something which is uh, which is an institution that can uh, that can survive for 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 a long period of time uh, colleges are the way they are because they've survived for for you know like uh, for 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 centuries really um and there's a reason that they survive there are many things that work for them and i think that they will continue to survive and thrive to be honest uh, it's just that uh, it's just that as the world gets more complex you need you know it's no longer necessary that excellence is restricted to just iits and iims i think that excellence can exist in a lot of different places and especially if you can deliver excellence for mainstream students uh, i think that the value of an institution like that goes well beyond the money that you uh, that you can create it so in order to, so i do agree with you that in order to build a billion dollar business we we'll, we will probably have to do more than marketing and sales but uh, 
but I think the, the more interesting question is that uh, what is it that we can do that can institutionally uh, allow us to run these these experiences at scale? Already we are seeing, you know, the difference between training a hundred students and thirty students is substantial. You know, we can't do the kind of intervention we were doing earlier. So we are solving the problems that we were solving earlier. And now, when we do a thousand students, as we hope to do next year in a batch we will be you know we will be sort of solving the same problems again how do you make sure that the experience is great for them how do you make sure that they feel cared for uh, you know it's it, it, the, the challenge with young people is insecurity if you know if i'm if 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 i go out and and i do a sample of the people who are listening to us today i would you know i just sort of would not be surprised at all by high levels of insecurity. I was insecure when I was, was when I was you know, 25 uh, or even 30 for that matter, because it's just that, you know, when you're young, you just tend to think that things might not turn out well. Generally speaking, they do. And the best way for them to turn out well is for you to not worry about the future as much as focus on the now, but right? Make sure that you're doing interesting things that you enjoy and things tend to take care of themselves. But uh, even when people are enjoying their course, they struggle, they have doubts. And a large part of our goal in this program is to make sure that those insecurities don't get into the way of professional success. And that's an idea that we hope to instill in. There are others as well, but this is an idea that we hope to instill in every student at Kravshala, that that manage your emotions and the rest of it will sort of tend to work out for you. Now, I can't teach them that until their emotions spike. So as the placement season gets in closer, the emotions start to spike. And as they get to spike in, that's when we do our real job. You know, it's easy to teach people marketing, very hard to teach them emotional management. But the value of that, the value of teaching someone that, that you're just feeling stressed and you're going to be fine. It's so enormous that, you know, like that it just sort of boggles the mind that what we could do with thousand students in a batch, you know, like that that's real impact and we hope to get there, uh, uh, you know. So so internally we have this thing that we, we scale with soul, you know, like we're going to scale, we're going to scale quickly. We're going to scale with, with making sure that what has gotten us here doesn't get lost in the, in the attempt to scale too quickly. So we're going to continue to make sure that this unsaid part of Kravshala is sort of taken care of. Every student who comes in feels cared for, goes out of it a stronger human being and and someone who can then uh, kick ass. How do you see a, a thousand student batch being, uh, you know, the outcomes being as good for all thousand of them as it is for all 30 or all 100? Like, would there be more of a tech platform approach then or would you have more instructors or, you know, how would that happen? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, so it's we're already a very sort of, I mean, a lot of our programs are sort of running on autopilot largely due to tech, right? So every time a student uh, starts uh, training with Kravshala, every day we know how their day is going in for every student. So I know when they're feeling stressed out. I know when they're feeling burnt out. I know when a concept hasn't landed. Uh, all of those are essentially data points. How, how do you know all that? Because we track it, we ask them, we track it, we look at the scores, we look at, we, we ask them the specific question of how they're feeling in it. We ask them the specific question of what they've taken out most, we, what has what has worked for them, what has not worked for them. We do it every single day. So, like there's a survey form after every class, absolutely, which gives you on, these on on our platform. So, so in that sense, we get very good data on on what is really sort of uh, happening in, and that allows us to intervene very quickly when when things are going off. Right? I mean, that's that's 
that's what care is right it's it, it's about making sure that when things are going off you you intervene in time so or the way we are doing 100 is is already quite uh, quite tech enabled and uh, uh, and this is just going to increase in so uh, the, the 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 challenge in in scaling up is to is to do this forever to for every piece of the business so not only is their training tech driven but also their placement is tech driven today placement is not tech driven for us but it will be uh, for sure because otherwise you can't place like you have a team that uh, understands the profiles of students and then recommends them to companies that these are the best fit for you exactly and, right like exactly right so 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 for, for for us to automate that process in the 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 openings themselves have to start coming in organically for us right because people should be able to to float it in and and so on and so forth the great part is that every recruiting partner that we work with is desperate for us to succeed because what we do for them is we save them a lot of effort of training and onboarding and hiring right so we have partners who've given up Uh, on a lot of their hiring pieces because they know that 70 to 80% of the talent is just going to come in here and the rest can just come in organically to them right so in that sense uh, you know the number of jobs in digital marketing are spiking so so high right uh, right now that uh, you know that for us there are a lot of there are a lot of um, there are a lot of uh, wins in our in our favor as well and it's it's, it's gone accelerated since covid came in because what covid did was that it removed the, the this this perception that you needed a marketing team sitting out of a, out of the us or europe to run a campaign in your us or europe a person sitting in india could also do it which is what happens in it that's why saas companies like freshworks and zoho are so successful so in that sense the same pieces is is sort of happening in marketing it's going to happen in sales it's going to happen in a bunch of other functions as well so in that sense uh, our goal is to sort of make sure that as those waves come in our programs are sort of getting people ready for that so there lots and lots of jobs it's an operational challenge in order to do it and uh, that 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 that's what that's the problem that we essentially solve for and uh, how, how does your uh, lead generation happen uh, you do like online ads or what yeah largely online ads uh, uh, a lot of the pro- students are through recommendations obviously uh, but everyone else comes in through uh, and what ads. is the student journey on the platform like is it that uh, there is one single portal where classes also happen and homework also happens or do they go to zoom for classes or you know like like what is what is like the online campus like what does that look like yeah so we do uh, so so um, uh, so we have a platform where students uh, essentially come in to uh, to do most of the learn related activities the live sessions are happening on on zoom so so they uh, essentially go to zoom for for uh, for the sessions but other than that they always come back onto the learn platform for us and that's where the collab happens that's where uh, the the uh, you know the submissions happen and so on and so forth how does collaboration happen on this like if they have to do a group project for example wouldn't that happen again through a zoom call or like how would how would they do collaborative work how would teamwork happen like team projects yeah. and stuff i mean i think uh, so so what we've done is we, uh, for us google chat has been the platform which we've used essentially for collab so in that sense we've we've integrated google chat within the platform itself so that people can essentially sort of have that single view but then the the you know chat is a is a is a fairly specialized uh uh, uh specialized piece to build in and and 
and that, and that's where most of the collaboration is is happening in most of the discussions are happening in most of the communication is really happening in so people need to sign up with a google account first uh, so uh, they yes but they, i mean all of them have a gmail account so as long as you have a gmail account and so you would have like a room for a batch and then within the batch different groups would create their own rooms where they can collaborate and sync up Absolutely. and yeah, submit yeah. stuff Absolutely. yeah for different submit stuff different different rooms or different agendas and and so on and so forth you know like when you have a batch of 100 for example you you have to split them there are some people who are good at communication some people who are good at xyz so you have then you know different things which are happening and it, it it's quite something you know like i mean when we started it, it was just one course videos project you know people would do it today is just like a university which is running in and it it's quite something these 100 students um do they also interact with other people like you know every 10 weeks you start a course so which means that they would still be studying when 100 more would join so so do they do, is there like inter batch interaction also or it's largely within that cohort only that the interaction and the collaboration and all of that stuff is happening so so it happens to the extent of alumni interaction uh, it's not as intense as it would be on campus uh, because there you have ready access but there is interaction and and there is a lot of guidance in terms of how to navigate certain aspects uh, of of the program how to manage your schedule and so on and so forth i'm sure there's a lot that they aren't telling us in terms of how to get through certain tests and all of that so uh, so so i have no doubt that those those networks are getting sort of built in and uh, obviously you know like uh, as these students go forward in a lot of job opportunities future job opportunities for them would be floated in amongst each other as well so that's part of the gig i mean we're very early in this journey for the first batch for us graduated this year itself but pretty soon by next year they'll be opening up job opportunities amongst themselves so so them. you would have a separate alumni portal and a alumni chat or, or they they must be connected on whatsapp and stuff already Yeah, so we're still using Google Chat for our community pieces as well, right? I mean, the piece around Google Chat, and it's just so surprising that so few people use it. I mean, it's not as good as Slack, but it's with everyone. You don't need to install Slack for it, and uh, uh, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that you can do there. So so those pieces are already coming in. A lot of our professional students, etc., float in roles and and so on and so forth uh, right now in our community rooms. But but that process is just sort of getting started for the for the launchpad crowd. Amazing. So. And uh, so how do you replicate that? Uh, you know, building friendship. part which happens on campus like you know you you make lifelong friends and stuff like that like yeah i think that uh, part of that i mean there are there are different aspects to it so the first piece is that um uh the way you make friends is almost by design like when i put you in the same hostel you have no option but to encounter each other every day and at some point you're going to notice my stupidities and i'm going to notice yours and we're going to bond over that right so in that sense it's about it's about making sure yes it's about making sure that you can you can get people to really 
uh, work uh, together in very in an intimate fashion such that they reveal themselves to be who they are so the initial part of the program is focused on that we we sort of design it we, the activities in a way that it asks them to reveal more of who they are and it forces them to sort of really dig deep right so so the the initial part of the program is actually quite intense uh, for that for that reason in and then because it's online you will not have chance interactions with with other people outside of the people that you're collabing with we 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 mix up the groups completely so it's like you know first four weeks you're here then four weeks you're there and then the last four weeks you're there and that ensures that you know like the the thing that would happen organically happens here a little bit by by design so uh, so that's how we've sort of uh, solved it so far it seems to have worked well but i think the test is really in the larger batches so so the 100 batch is really where uh, where we are i think going to see our first results of that but thus far it it seems fascinating to well. i can't wait to hear about your 1000 batch 1000 <laughs> student batch yeah, that, that would be pretty amazing yeah, a thousand and across streams as well, you know, like, I mean, I mean, the dream is really to sort of get people sort of working in, uh, coming in from a different skill set as well, right? I mean, I spoke about this aspect that marketers are coming all all shapes, but in reality, when you need to solve a problem, you need all of them working together, right? You want to run an ad on Facebook, you want someone to be figure out what is to be supposed to be said, how it's supposed to be said, what is the visual image, and how do I optimize it in terms of analysis, right? That's four different skill sets in order to run one successful ad. So in that sense, for us, that's really where what we're building up to. Uh, and what we should hopefully have the first piece in, in, in starting in January itself, so just a couple of months from now, where we have different streams of different skill sets of people coming together in one group so that you know, they can really get to experience what it looks like. So this would be even closer to the traditional MBA where first year is common and second year you specialize. Yeah. So this would be something like that where first X number of weeks they are together and then yeah. they all choose their they, streams. They specialize and then they sort of uh, get, do it. So, you know, like like I said, I mean, uh, if we are very much building a university of a kind. We, we started with a slightly lesser ambition, but it, it's very much a university and we hope to sort of, uh, you know, we hope to sort of create the same kind of impact on the students. Do you also think that uh, eventually companies could be paying for this course? Like, you know, instead of the student paying? I mean, the companies are kind of paying for it. Uh, uh, because what happens is that uh, there are many companies who have been forced to pay a lot more money in order to participate in the recruitment of these students. So anyone who was paying, let's say, X, uh, if they pay more money, then obviously they get access to more talent. So companies do end up paying it. It's just that that money goes to students and through them, it sort of uh, comes into us. And uh, similarly, there were companies that were not paying, uh, you know, even a base level four and a half lakh rupees, right? In fact, multiple companies who've had to change their processes so that they can do it. So eventually i think the companies do pay it is just that they, they pay the students and they don't pay us okay how do you uh, i mean you probably wouldn't have seen it so far but eventually you would have uh, defaulting students no who who don't pay and because this is pure online you you never met them in person and uh, how how would you handle that 
I think we've had only one scenario where uh, where a candidate has uh, has had uh, issues of that kind. So one out of a hundred is, I guess, par for the course for us. Um, I think that that also is is not so much the candidate not paying as much as the fact that uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, that they they sort of lose faith in the process a little bit, uh, uh, in that you know the, uh, that if you if you believe that uh, you know that that something is not great, then it's unlikely that you're going to sort of find too much greatness within. But that's a very unusual case for us. What we have noticed is that uh, that people are. Uh, people are more than happy paying for for something if they find value in it and in fact for that there is 100% it's that, that for that one student we couldn't deliver that value really where we couldn't sort of get that person to uh, we couldn't find a way across whatever is the construct that that, that person was sort of built in but other than that uh, everyone else has sort of uh, been been quite sort of uh, you know, quite, and and that's what I said. I mean, you know, the, the 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 industry works on trust pretty easily, right? Because all of these students want to build marketing careers. Uh, they want to be associated with us. They want uh, they they, have, they find value in the programs. They know we can continue to add a lot more value to them going forward. And and so in that sense, we are also very comfortable in sort of running this structure. And so it was one of our fears that. Uh, you know that that you know like uh, for example our legal team had said you know you should have these checks which are blank checks signing in from the students and so on and so forth we didn't go for any of that because we knew that at the end of the day if you give a great experience generally speaking people would want to reward you and they'll find value in sort of continuing that relationship uh, there so so thus far we haven't had that challenge and we're not really anticipating much on that front having run this now for a year so what is the payment cycle like do they pay in 3 months like the 3 months salary or yeah so if if they uh, uh, so, uh, so if they have the money they pay immediately if they don't have the money then what they do is uh, uh, they uh, they go for uh, a payment partner uh, in nbfc with us and then they structure it over 6 months 12 months 18 months 24 months whatever it is and one of the great things about india uh, is that uh, the the interest that you have to pay on this is very low so education loans are always great loans to take in it's what most people don't really realize is 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 that you know it's not it's unlike any other loan to do and and that's one of the good things that the government has done for you save tax also you save on tax. the interest absolutely so uh, so so that way people structure it in in those in those fashions and and um and and we only so the, the credit risk is essentially going to the nbfc then once the credit uh, to the nbfc and uh, uh, and once again zero defaults there as well so it's like you know like not a single student who's who's lost their job who's had who's chosen not to pay in once you set people on the right track generally speaking they are okay it's it's when you know that uh, you know it's when they 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 go off track that 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 those challenges typically tend to happen do you plan to monetize the alumni base like you know eventually you would have thousands of uh, people who've done the course uh, is there a path to monetizing them also i uh, i think that we will definitely offer more programs to people through the life cycle but uh, but at this stage you know like i mean uh, for us the entry level opportunity is very very valuable i think that Uh, most people haven't heard of craftshala and most people when they heard of craftshala and the concept they tend to think there is there is a 
you know there is a there is a hole in the contract there is something that you know that that will make you pay whatever it is and so on and so forth so we have such a massive opportunity that we are addressing right now that i guess for the next couple of years we are going to be very focused maybe more actually we're just going to be focused on 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 this and we're going to think what kind of uh, what kind of programs can can we build in that will allow us to sort of run the same model uh, very well but at some point i'm sure that uh, that we would definitely like to build in more programs for people uh, to do it because you know uh, people need skilling up through the course of their uh, lifetime so i'm sure that will happen in as well how big is the opportunity like you're saying in in the marketing training space like entry level marketing entry level marketing uh, you know uh, um, just to give you a quick uh, context so if you go to nokri uh, uh, in fact if you go to nokri round about uh, in uh, in february march of this year you would have uh, seen about 10000 jobs in digital marketing in nokri at the entry level space um, uh, which would be there so nokri is obviously a small subsection of the whole they're the largest job platform now if you go to their platform today you'd find more than 30000 jobs so in 6 months uh, it's sort of rocketed uh, to that level and um, uh and and things are so, just sort of getting i think interesting uh, here so i think the marketing space is is large i think there are other spaces uh, as well um which are which are interesting in as well but marketing is probably the most underestimated one because it's risen quite late uh, coding has been around for a while and it'll it's a massive space uh, for sure um and then there've been other spaces as well which have been t- talked about but uh, the thing about tech is that it's not just revolutionized coding it's also revolutionized uh, traditional forms like marketing and sales so even if i pick sales and i say okay what is the opportunity of uh, of uh, which is just centered within let's say something like a technology sales or a saas sales you know software as a service sales which is the sector that freshworks zoho and all of these companies salesforce all these companies that's a massive sector as well uh, which is sort of growing it so so technology just opened up lots and lots of different kinds of roles in um, and um, and we're very much at the start of the curve but do you think a pure sales driven course like a course which guarantees you a job in sales will get volume because you know as we discussed that people are not looking at sales as a career even though it's a good career i i think that it depends on what kind of uh, viability people can see beyond that so if you think about it most mbas go ahead and do sales does that stop people from doing an mba no but they're not really doing an mba all the time to do sales what they're doing is they're doing the mba to uh to 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 sort of uh, uh future proofing themselves in a way like proofing themselves even if it doesn't happen at least mentally it feels like that so i think that uh, if you can find a way to show sales as f- future proofing your career if you can show a viable path of it people will be interested if they you know if they don't see that then it's unlikely to to sort of go in because sales as a career has been less interesting and Uh, you know like this is also uh, i think i'm speaking about it on 25th of october you know tomorrow elon musk might talk about i mean elon is the best salesman on the planet right uh, tomorrow if he actually admits up to that suddenly sales could become quite sexy as well you know like so 
like i mean it will not be in his best interest to do it because the best sales tends to be disguised sales uh, which he knows and he understands and he leverages uh, but like you know things can make things other things sexy right and people realize that the, the 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 that if you if you're if you if you do sales in google that's much more valuable than if you do marketing in google something's going to change there so it might change in but as sitting in today i would think that it's more about if people can can find a way to think about how a sales program can future proof their career then it'll be interesting this episode of founder thesis podcast is brought to you by long haul ventures long haul ventures is the long haul partner for founders and startups that are building for the long haul more about them is at www.longhaulventures.com